There are times in Scripture where the details are so sparse that our imaginations are invited to to fill those empty spaces and the void created by the lack of details. We're invited to, to ponder and to wonder and to enter into those gaps. For instance, what are we to make of Joseph's experience? There's so much left unsaid here. Take, for instance, this. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother, Mary, had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband, Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. This is a a just-the-facts type of description. There is so much left unsaid. And because this is so, I cannot help but wonder how this couple is, is reacting to all of this. I can only imagine that there must have been racing minds and a flurry of competing emotions. For let's face it, By the standards of the world, Joseph has received some horrible, horrible news. Mary, the woman to whom Joseph is engaged, is pregnant. The baby who is coming is not his baby. What was Mary and Joseph's conversation like when she told him the news that she was pregnant? Do you think that Mary told Joseph about her encounter with the angel? Do you think that Mary tried to explain to Joseph that an angel named Gabriel came to Mary and told her that she was favored and blessed and that she would conceive and bear a son by the power of the Holy Spirit? Did Mary tell Joseph that the angel said that this child would sit on the throne of his ancestor David and that his kingdom would have no end? Did she tell Joseph that in in the face of this startling and perplexing and life-shattering news that she had said yes, that she had responded and proclaimed to the angel, here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Did Mary tell Joseph that in that moment, everything about her life and everyone in it took a back seat to God's invitation? Did Mary tell Joseph all of this? Or did she decide that Joseph would never believe her and instead just told him that she was pregnant and then let his imagination fill in the rest. My hunch is that Mary did tell Joseph. She told Joseph everything. But then how could Joseph take it in? How could Joseph make any sense of of an angel 
and a throne and the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit. And so I got to think to myself, poor, heartbroken Joseph. He must feel betrayed and angry, hurt and rejected. Joseph has to be crushed. He must be wrestling with with how he is to respond and, and what he is to do next. For in Joseph's mind, what has happened can only, only be a case of infidelity. How could he believe a story of an angel and a miraculous pregnancy? But of course, it's bigger than just Joseph and his emotions. In Joseph's time, a marriage is a union of families and kingship groups, not just something that happens between two people. The bonds go beyond the couple to include the whole community. And to be engaged means the couple is already committed. For indeed, in our way of thinking, the paperwork has been signed and filed. The marriage license has been mailed. The important part has already happened. The deal is sealed. The only thing left for Mary and Joseph is to live together and to consummate the marriage. Everything else is already done. And so now, Joseph has to decide what to do. The strict letter of the biblical law specifies capital punishment in such cases. Though, by Joseph's time, the rabbis and the teachers of the law rejected that as an appropriate response to adultery. Rather, in Joseph's time, the respectable thing to do is for Joseph to publicly divorce Mary as a way of preserving his own personal and family honor. He must make an accusation and and go through a public divorce. And though that will leave Mary desperately and dangerously exposed, and though it will mean that she is shamed by the community, it will be a way for him to preserve his honor for both for himself and for his family. But no. No, instead of that, poor, heartbroken, but also kind Joseph comes up with a plan that will not preserve his own honor, but it will protect Mary at least a little bit. He plans to quietly divorce her. This plan is a, is a kindness to Mary that will come at some personal expense to Joseph. To his mind, it might not be a perfect plan, but it seems to Joseph like the most reasonable and indeed the kindest thing that he can do under the circumstances. A quiet divorce. That's the plan. That is, until the angel comes to Joseph in his dream and says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people 
from their sins. Jesus. It is a strong name, but also a conventional and common name. It means Yahweh helps or God saves. And I suppose Joseph's imagination is both captured by the, by the familiarity of the name, but also by the power of this name, Jesus. But with that said, how do you think Joseph responds to this news from the angel? How do you think he responds? The poet W.H. Auden imagines Joseph pleading. He imagines Joseph asking the angel for one important and elegant proof that what Mary has done is God's will and that God's will is love. The angel's response strikes me as devastating. In response in this poem to Joseph's desire for proof, the angel says, no, you must believe. Be silent and sit still. It's brutal. (laughs) But of course, Joseph's just like us. We long for proofs and assurances. We desperately want to be given a sense of confidence that will make all of our fears evaporate. But really, our experiences are always fleeting. Our proofs and assurances are never as as sturdy and lasting as we think they'll be. Even the moments of our most brilliant clarity lose their shine and fade under the shadow cast by the rest of our lives. When it comes to experiences of certainty, it is always, always possible that we are deluding ourselves and fabricating a clarity that was actually always a lie. And as such, everything that is important in life takes a leap. Anything that means anything involves taking a risk and stepping out in trust and hope and love. Joseph gets drawn into the orbit of God's risky and scandalous love, just as Mary did before him. He might long for that one elegant proof, but the true meaning of his life will come from waking up from his dream and deciding to say yes. The true meaning of his life will come from saying yes to Mary and yes to Mary's baby and yes, yes to God. 
But Joseph's yes is already an echo of God's yes. Indeed, our yes is always an echo and a repeating of what we have first heard. Our yes to God always echoes God's yes to us, which is always proclaimed first. For God is there as a loving presence at the center of everything, saying yes as God creates the heavens and the earth and each and every one of us. God says yes as God enters into relationship with humanity and opens the door to a new future and a new world and a new creation. And God's ultimate yes to us is pronounced as God comes to be with us, truly with us, in a radically new way in the person of Jesus. And this is God's ultimate yes to us because God comes to be with us in order to save us and to deliver us from all that would look to dehumanize us and degrade us. This is God's costly and risky yes to us. And part of that risk is that God invites us to say yes in response. True, Jesus comes to be with us through the the mighty power of the Holy Spirit. This is God's act and God's act alone. But this act will not happen without Mary saying yes in response to God's yes. God does not and will not override and overpower us but instead, God invites our participation. God invites Mary's consent and openness, which is to say, God risks Mary saying no. But of course, Mary says yes. And Mary's yes then forces Joseph to choose. Joseph must wake from his dream and he must decide. And on and on down the line to each of us. Anything that means anything means stepping out in trust and hope and love. Anything worth anything, means saying yes to God. We are invited to say yes to God as we look to conform our lives to the pattern of Jesus through the gift of the Holy Spirit. We are invited to say yes to God as we share in God's work of creating a more just and peaceful world. We are invited to say yes to God as we look to seek and serve Christ in others and as we strive and strive to love our neighbor as we love ourselves, especially our neighbor who is vulnerable or strange or different from us. We say yes to God as we look to live in the truth.
Joseph wakes from his dream and says yes to God's risky and scandalous ways. And God invites each of us to do the same. For we, we too, are invited to say yes, yes to God. Amen.